Go for it, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bad Boy Running. We're on episode maybe seven by now, I just thought. Well, let's just be fluid in, in numbering these. Seven, six, seven, eight. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really yeah. matter. We're still in single digits. That's the we key. We are. Yeah, we're still, we're still young, a long way off becoming a troublesome teenager. We are merely toddlers. Believe me, if you knew what my teenage years are like, it's, it's worth waiting for. <laughs> so anyway, JD, how, uh, how's your week been? Tell us, bring us up to speed. Um, huge amount been going on in my week as usual. Um, uh, the really interesting thing is considering we have launched this podcast about running, I think I must have gone out running about two or three times in the whole time we've, we've been recording it. Um, ah, okay. And, and how I, long would you say these runs are? Um, I, I've been on quite, you know, at least one, one hour run and another run for about 25 minutes. I don't think I've been back to park run since since starting these podcasts. I don't think so. You're averaging your Strava would say that you average about two miles a week. <laughs> since the podcast is... to be fair, it pretty much yeah. That's that's my sort of running pace. <laughs> Things you could probably make up two miles a week just by running to the bus quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's I've been I've been quite busy. Do, have, I, have I used that excuse already? I think I use that excuse every week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. I've, I've done that thing. Busy. I've done that thing where um I have taken the big step of buying the Parkrun barcode. I thought you know this is it. I've got the I'm going to actually buy the Parkrun barcode so that I have them because I always take along a you know a printed out thing. And uh, and it's just it's, it's like killed it. It's killed. How my... do you? How do you? I've, I didn't even know you could buy one. I know a person who's had their barcode etched as a tattoo. That's exactly what I've had done. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> every time I expose it, the police arrest me. That's the only problem. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, that that's that's for another week. But um, I mean, if you don't know Park Park, park Run at home, Park Run is. Free every Saturday in parks across the UK. I think in Australia and South Africa now as well. I'd imagine quite soon it'll come out to the States. So do you think now that you've got this, you think I can retire? I've got my park. Uh, <laughs> I know, that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I did, did, I, did I tell you about my, my local park run? I think I can't no. remember whether I have or not. But I don't think so. I don't, have, we t- have we talked about park run? Basically, I, 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 when I was uh, living in Brighton, um, the local park run there was in Preston Park, and it's lovely and flat. You know, you do three laps on it, really lovely, uh, you know, really simple route and everything like that. I moved to Mid-Sussex, and, uh, and I turn up to the park run there at, uh, it's one at Clare Hall. It's quite, it's, it's quite sort of busy, not as busy as Brighton one, of course. And uh, the first thing that greets you is a sign saying, welcome to the hilliest park run in Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> How many, how many park runs are there in Sussex? We're we not talking thousands now. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's quite a few. There's quite a few. I'm, I'm even amazed that Hayward Heath has one. But um, but yeah. So that's the first thing you're greeted with. And to be fair, you know, for for five k, it is pretty. <laughs> it's like think... my my fastest my fastest time uh, in uh, in Brighton is something like six minutes faster than my fastest time at Hayward Heath. I mean, oh, it's, wow. that, it's that much hillier. So it's two minutes a mile, essentially. <laughs> what? That is massive. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I think the, the trouble as well, I, I mean, I sometimes go on Power of 10, which is the the UK, UK Athletics run it so you can track runners' PBs, the races they've done. And I haven't run a 5K other than park runs for years. So my PBs are what I do at park runs. I live in Frinsley Park where there's a monster hill you do twice. There's a straight dead into the wind yeah. or hybrid fields, which is five laps up a hill. So my PBs... In, in, on paper of all these horrific times and people where I live from my local running club they ship out to different park runs just so they've got a better PB on their power tent. I am absolutely positive that there are people that because the thing is you look at that and there are people from different park runs I'm absolutely positive that people come to the one in mid-Sussex um, because they want to try and win it because uh, they know that you know oh, I'm good at hills, so I'll do that one. Or you know, people, <laughs> people, people. You know, I'll, oh, I could go to the Brighton one, but there's 250 people there. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll, I'll hedge my bets, or I'll, uh, I'll take my chances uh, in Mid Sussex, where uh, you know, either that, or they see the times and they think, "Wow, these guys are terrible. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I'm gonna smash it." <laughs> God, look, they're taking 30 minutes on a 5K. That's ridiculous. So, do you think if it was flat, you'd be more likely to go? Oh, it's not that. It's, it's basically the weather's been dreadful, isn't it? I don't really like. I don't really like running in bad weather anymore. I've, you know, I once, I once watched a documentary, and I think it was about Chris Boardman training for for the Olympics or something. And he said that you know he doesn't go training when it rains. He only goes training when it's. I'm not sure. Looking back now, I'm not sure that he was he was being entirely truthful. But I just can't, I can't stand it anymore. It's like I think it goes back to that motivation thing we were talking about last week. Yeah. yeah, if it's raining, I, yeah, I'm not going outside. I know you. I don't mind racing when it's raining because normally I'm excited about the race, seeing friends. But training when it's raining, yeah. especially a long run, or if you've got a hangover, and yeah, it's tough. I mean, thankfully, London's not too bad for the rain. It's probably far worse where you are. Yeah, um, I mean that's it. You, yeah, you can't when we're around here, um, and you you've only got like trails and stuff. When it's raining, it's just miserable. Just miserable. So, so what have you been doing then? Have you been not <laughs> running again? Oh, I've just been coming up with excuses for not running mainly. Um, that's pretty, I haven't really done anything to be honest. I've not really done any 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 running. Well, Shacking. that's the topic we're going to talk about soon: is getting your running mojo back. Uh, yeah, get that's it. I think I've lost my mojo, but it's really interesting because when I was um, when I was writing sort of more fully, uh, and again it goes back to the, like the last episode we talked talked about that. The fact that I was writing stuff for magazines meant it was much more difficult or to drop out of stuff. You know, you just think, oh, well, I could just you know, forget about it. But then when you're, you're expected to put a, a report in, or at least you know that the people reading the magazine may look at your performance or anything else, there was that bit of added, added pressure. And it made a big difference. But now, you know, I'm accountable to no one but myself. Uh, I'm not holding myself to account very well. You we had this four-hour marathon plan. You should be... Well, yeah, exactly. I should do. Um, and I'll get round to it at some point. You should be encouraging me a lot better, to be honest. And I, <laughs> I totally blame you. Well, the thing is, I, I don't know how to motivate you at all. Well, what, sort of, what sort of runner are you? Well, I, I, I've got a lot of friends who I could certainly bully or um, take the piss out of or set challenges to. But... I just don't think you care at all about any <laughs> running or any times or. No, it's really wow. difficult. It's really difficult when you lose when you lose your mojo. 
like that. It is it is difficult. I find it very difficult to even motivate myself to uh, to uh, to just to even leave the house. Well, maybe maybe this will work. I, I have noticed that your wife, she's been eyeing up the guy opposite, Hilda's opposite, who goes for runs. He's a little bit trimmer than you, but not so much trimmer that you couldn't get it back. Maybe that'll motivate you. Yeah, I know you're lying. I've seen the bloke opposite. There's no... <laughs> There's no one around here that's uh, that's even close to being as small as me. Well, maybe maybe I can get a listener to jog past <laughs> the kitchen window <laughs> just to get you to catch to catch her looking at him going. Ooh. If they jog past the kitchen window, they'd be in our back garden, so it would be a touch sinister. <laughs> <laughs> it would I mean that would make it even more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's on, if I can get that on a run route on Strava, people have to climb over. I'll get it as one of the easiest, um, easiest king of the mountain stages that people really want to be. So that suddenly all these people are tearing through your back garden. That could work well. That's quite a nice idea. I like that. Well, so uh, what, about, yeah, so what, are you, what have you been up to? Have you been up to, are you just going to make a load of excuses now for, for not doing any running like I just have? No, I'm, I'm getting my mojo back, hopefully. I've... Um, it's been so long since I've, I've felt fast. So I, I did my first race in ages that oh, I wow. finished. Wow. I DN, DNF'd, which I'm pretty pleased with. So it was um, a race called the Dirty Dozen. It was actually the, the previous race I didn't finish was also the Dirty Dozen. So I went to this one. It was their UK champs. So you're uh, exercising nice. some demons, some DNF yeah. demons. Partly. I mean, the, it's, it's also organised by a guy called Doug, who's, who's officially my um, obstacle course race coach. And I've never been, or finished, I've never finished any of his races before. So <laughs> Why? Well, I've always crashed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to play hard to get with him. I've always had something on, or I've been injured. I've just had a, a, a run of, um, of injuries whenever his races have been on, or else it's been somewhere, I, I can't remember why now, but, I also felt I've got to go to this. Did go the day before. I was telling myself it's 18k. My ankle's not that strong. It's gonna be through ploughed fields. It's, it's stupid for me to go. And then I just thought, sod it. Actually, even though I get my ankle injured again, I'm just doing road running now anyway. And I can do that with an in- ankle in- injury. It'll be dull, but it'll, it'll put me off racing again. But sod it. I can still train hard. Yeah. So, yeah, I went. It was good. I died after two and a half miles. Realised I hadn't done any <laughs> any runs more than three miles. Yeah. So my, my training's been slow jogs or intervals. And so no tempo runs, no park runs, no races. So two and a half miles in, I was in third or fourth for think, thinking, this is all right, actually. <laughs> so slowly. even after, even after not, at, you know, say being slightly deficient in terms of training and everything, you were still third or fourth. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, there weren't that many people there actually from the ACR scene. There was, um, I'd say the three, in fact, the three people ahead of me were really good. There were some other people around me who were pretty good, but I've been doing my interval training a little bit, and, and even when I had the sore ankle, I was still getting down to track, so I had my, my speed still there. I didn't have any stamina, so I just dropped, dropped, dropped. I got to that point where I thought, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this, but just hang on in, hung on in there. Maybe went, They had a, a three-kilometer log carry, which was pretty tough. What? 
Yeah, they, they gave us these logs, and I thought, and they said, oh, pick a good log, because you're going to be a bit for a while. <laughs> and, then, and it wasn't even just the log carry. Sorry, how big, how big was this log? I, I can't even picture this. It, it wasn't too bad. It was... Is it, this is a single a log for you to just carry on your own? Yeah, that's right. So it would be, it was about a foot and a half. Right, okay. Say. Um, so it's a reasonable size log. You know, it was, it was a bit knobbly, a bit awkward, but you had to go up and down these ditches, which it was incredibly hard to get out. Just no grip um, from the amount of slide there was. You had to go under barbed wire fences. With the log? These things. Yeah, with the log. That was the challenge. <laughs> so you're used to doing these in obstacle racing, but with the log as well. And if, I mean, it was, it was a long way uh, to have that log for. But yeah, it went well. Last, last 5K, suddenly got my mojo back and stamina kicked in. Didn't, didn't hurt my ankle at all. Slightly, slightly turned it at points, but it was fine. And last 5K, I, I probably dropped to about 12th and then um, just got the running in and maybe came 7th or something. So qualified for the World Championships, kaboom. Really? Which year? Well, I mean, what does that nice. mean? What does that mean? The World Championships, that sounds really impressive. That, don't play it down don't play it down don't play it down if it is impressive no no it's, it's one of those I, when I was a kid if you'd have told me at any point I could qualify for the world championships in anything I would have been the happiest kid on earth I mean I, when you think of the world championships you think of athletics world championships well any world championships if it's called the world championships country it's mad yeah, yeah you think you know it's got to be great the but best the thing is the best in the world. Exactly. The very best. To even get there, you've got to be, the, you'd assume, the top three in your the, country. The best of the best of the best. The best of the, exactly. The best of the best of the best. But the trouble, well, I think, well, I was talking to uh, one of the, Declan, one of the guys at my, at my track about this. And it, I don't know if I'm going to go because I just, what? I'm not that excited by it. Where are they? Where are they held? I think they're in Ohio or Cincinnati. Is, in, is Cincinnati in Ohio? I don't or, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if one of those. I, I think Ohio's a state. Cincinnati might be. A, I don't. So somewhere in the states. I've been to Ohio. If you can avoid going there for any reason, I would suggest avoid going there. Yeah, it's in the. Is it in the middle of it's, America? Uh, it's at top right. Top right by the I'm lakes. Like, by the lakes. Okay. So I, I, it's somewhere along those lines. It's. It's definitely in an area of America that doesn't excite me that much. Although, having seen Love Actually, maybe maybe I should get excited about it. The scene where he goes to somewhere in the middle of America and all the women love him. I'm assuming that'll be the case. But I saw the scene. I'm not, deviating. Not in Ohio. I'm not offending anyone in Ohio. I've been I've been to like I've been to Cleveland, Ohio. That's it. The mistake on the lake. That's what it's known as. <laughs> <laughs> by the locals or I don't yeah it's the, apparently it was the uh, the only city where the uh, lake set on fire <laughs> it's so polluted <laughs> was, was it trying to commit suicide essentially <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay enough sorry sorry if you're from Ohio I do I don't what are people from Ohio are called Ohioans Ohioans a hidey hose. A hidey hose. That's it. If you're a hidey hole, uh, then I apologise. I don't. I, I. I had a lovely experience in Ohio, but you're not going to go there, even though it's the World well, Championships. Come on. I'm Why? not decided yet. I. So I was talking to my friend, my friend Declan. And he was saying there's this guy in his office yeah. who he goes to the World Championships in this racket sport. Oh. And he, he tells everyone about it, 
And Declan gets really annoyed because Declan's a, he's quite he used to be pretty high level of um, of, of track running, like way better than, than I could ever be. To the extent that he went to he's a teacher. He was he was teaching in the Caribbean, and he turned up to a local track meet of all the local islands uh, and did the 1500s and they went nuts for him because he was a white guy who could run and they'd never seen it before <laughs> he smashed everyone in the local all the local islands and they went eight for him but um so he was quite quite frustrating because he's he's really high level athlete when he was at his peak um, but would never be able to get to the world championships in athletics because that's insanely good yeah Whereas this guy in his office, he's got quite a belly. Turns out he invented this racket sport and he's now going to the World Championships because he's one of 15 people. I don't know how many do it, but I think if you have heard of this racket sport, you can go to the World Championships. So, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that? Why is he getting annoyed? At someone because it's going to it's a totally different world championships. It's a world championship <laughs> for a sport. To be honest, if he invented the sport, he should be allowed <laughs> to go to the world championship regardless of his size or anything. What's he it, why is he, he, why is he, he getting annoyed getting at that kickbacks for? Left, he, right, centre. Yeah, but why is it why is he getting annoyed at that? I don't think he's annoyed that this guy's going to it. I think he's more annoyed that this guy is telling everyone that he's going to it. And in the office, he is. I think it comes down to humility and he wouldn't have a problem with this guy was going to the world championship and happened to mention it once, but because he keeps on going on about, well, what are you doing next weekend? I'll go to the world championships. And, and I, for me, is he just, is he just, all right, is he just a bit angry that he'd never be able to go to the world championships in his own sport? And that's, that's really what's behind it. No, I think he's just angry that this person really believes he's incredible. Does this person exist, or are you Declan? <laughs> <laughs> or are you this guy with the racket sport? I don't understand. This is... well, well, I guess, I so guess what's, this is... So, what's, so how is this relevant? I don't, how, how is this relevant to your situation? So I guess this can lead us into, into the conversation. We're going to make a conversation, because we've talked about this for way too long for it not to lead this conversation. <laughs> It's um, are, are sports elitist enough? I don't know. Are world championships elitist enough? So, so for me, so, what, so the problem is here. So your problem is with the term world championships. Well, I I really want to feel proud to go to world championships. I'd, I'd love to, and and this is where I lose half of my friends that do obstacle course racing. Because for me, for me to qualify, well, it's 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 almost that famous phrase where for me to qualify for world championships. I'd never be proud to do that because I shouldn't be able to ever qualify for world championships because I Woody shouldn't. Allen, be Woody Allen Club, you know, if you if I if you allow me to be a member of the yeah. club, it's not a club I want to be a member of. Exactly, I, I have the same the same policy almost. I'd love to be able to qualify for the world championships because for, for for a sport where I genuinely was so good at the top end of that sport that I was considered high enough standard in my country to then go to represent my country so in the World Championships. You're basically saying you want it to mean something. You want it to actually mean. So if so, if you say, if I, I, I want to respect the sport that I do enough so that when you have a World Championships, it means that when I look back on that and someone says, oh yeah, I went to the World Championships, it meant it really did mean something in terms of your ability. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and this is where I, I'm going to, I've got a lot of friends, this is where I'm going to lose friends. Go on, yeah, what are you going to say? Go on, but... say it. Well, it's, it's more, you could turn up today 
to Me. a race and qualified to the, for the World Championships. Me? Yeah, without a doubt. Oh, so I'm your yardstick of... <laughs> <laughs> even you, you even you. I think to be fair, out. you've run, what, five miles in the last two months. I think, I think that's fairly... <laughs> I, I don't feel bad about saying even you as yeah. if that's... Joe Public. I don't know. How easy is it to get into that? I fancy going to these world championships now. You have to be top 10 in a race, um, which is, which is fair enough. Fair enough. Top 10 is respectable, but you can also qualify by being top three in your age category. Oh, okay. Okay. And the age categories are pretty generous. I think one of the age categories is, is age 30 to 35. And 35 to 40, 40 to 45. And because of the World Championships, it seems to be an event that's about making money. And so they just want as many people to come and, part- and to participate. And so also to, 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 to help with that, they want to have races pay them to be affiliated with the World Championships. And so all these small races that no one wants to go to or has ever heard of pays to become, not Dirty Dozen. I mean, Dirty Dozen's a fantastic race. It's, it's pretty well established in the UK. Um, but there are others that I'm not going to name because I can't even remember them. don't even know who they are. Um, that you could turn up and there's probably going to be one person racing above the age of 50, one person above the age of 50 female, then in the age of 30 to 35, there, there'll probably be quite a few people. But So how do you combat that? How do you combat how, so that person who turns up can't help that there are, there's only one of them in their category? That's true, that's true, and I don't mind that. I... I I, I've got no problem with that, um, and in a way, it, it's just a shame the sport's not a more competitive sport in some ways. But what I mind is the person. But it is. Wait, 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 wait. This is obstacle course racing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's barely a sport as it is, to be honest. Oh, I mean, what, what makes what makes you say that? <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you a question. You said something uh, in the last uh, podcast episode, and uh, I want all you to tell me the difference. You said Tough Mudder isn't really obstacle course racing. Now, I should have asked you at the time, but I'm asking you now. Why, why, why isn't Tough Mudder? Why, do, why is Tough Mudder different from the obstacle course races that you do? Well, no, it's not. I guess it's not that different. It, it, isn't, it isn't racing because it's not a race. That's probably the biggest difference. So you, you don't get timed and... There. In fact, there was this ma- amazing documentary in the UK about um, Tough Mudder. <laughs> it was some of the funniest TV I've ever seen where this guy who's training for Tough Mudder, he buys a medal <laughs> that he can then present himself with at the end of the race, should he win the race. That sounds like Sierra Leone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was because they ran out of medals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should have yeah. parted for one beforehand. No, Really? What's so... He said so he, he bought himself a medal to present. Yeah, he it was, and I felt a bit sorry for him because he, he clearly been <laughs> egged on to do this by the producers, and, oh. and from what I've heard from people behind the scenes, they had to cart him around. And he, you know, he wasn't in second place. He was no way near. Oh, really? uh, I mean, if if you watch the show, it was it was comedy gold. Um, he decided for some reason. Like, there's so many questions. Do you know any, my favourite TV is when I watch a film or a television show, where you, it just it provides more questions than answers, <laughs> and it doesn't make any logical sense. So the week before this race, he decided to do his first ever marathon um, the week before as his training, and to do it by himself 
in two in the, at two in the morning around his local town with his mum driving around in a car. What, wait, 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 wait. These are two in the morning? Yeah, I, it was, he was driving in the dark in the rain by himself, not on a fixed route. I think he must have been doing it against his Strava or his, his Garmin. <laughs> it, was, it, was so, it was so sweet because he, he, he broke down because it was really hard. Because of course it's really hard if you've not trained for a marathon. It sounds like he's got he's just done it with perfect conditions and planning. <laughs> yeah. And so the next week he turns up to Tough Mudder with his medal. Oh, poor guy. What? I really did like him though. I thought he was so cute. Um, and so he then does it. And um, in all the background shots, there's all these other people running near to where he is. Yeah. But it then says he finished second where he clearly, he must have been, they, they clearly edited it. So he looked like he came second, but yeah. he wouldn't have been anywhere near. So he then does this race. He then finds the guy who, who he came in first. He looks like a pretty good, pretty good obstacle racer, actually, yeah. and gets in this medal. And the guy's really confused by <laughs> getting this really cool, like, three-pound medal. It's been engraved in advance by this random guy going, well done, you deserve this medal. And I'm going, uh, do I? <laughs> but yeah, so, so Tough Mudder is technically not a race. It's, it's, a, it's an event. It's an event. Oh, it's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but, and and it's, it's slightly different for other reasons because of that, in that if, you, if you do an obstacle course race, you have to do every obstacle. And if you don't do it, there might be a fine. You might have to do burpees. You might oh, have to really? Do okay. Okay. Oh, right. money, you just you just run around, do if you want to. All right. I'm, I was being I was I was being I was being a bit flippant there when I said oh obstacle racing obstacle course racing isn't a, isn't a sport because because well, um, it's, it's offensive it's offensive to sport. Uh, no, just joking. Uh, <laughs> no, um, because surely like when these obstacle races were invented, the whole idea was to be it. it I you know I believe. Um, it was about you know sort of camaraderie and getting over all the obstacles together and doing it as a team and it not really being about timing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess the first one was a tough guy, and that's all about finishing. Right. And but it is a race, but I, I don't know if you win so, anything. Yeah, but when? But so when did they start? Did have they always been timed? Or have tough they? Guy, or, tough they guy come? was, I think, but. I don't know. I, I mean, the, the guy on my team, James, he's won it five times, six times. I don't, I don't know if you he, he get awarded anything. I think it's just the kudos. Whereas a Tough Mudder was never a race, I don't believe. No. Uh, may, maybe the first one was. And, and I think some people did, do race them even now. But you'll have two or three people at the front of it who'll race it. And, and no one else really cares, which is, which is nice. I think it's, it's, it, it works really well because it... It's more open to it. it just, it's less intimidating for people. Yeah. And also, then you don't have the arguments about, well, this guy's cut this obstacle and there's a queue at my obstacle, so my times are wrong. It makes it incredibly hard for mass participation. So, are they, are they, um, so sunlight's like tough mother against the, the, the sort of races that you do. Does that still attract like people who are just doing it for, for a laugh? Yeah, loads. Absolutely. The, the obstacle course race team is seen in the UK. It's, it's pretty big, but it's, the hardcore is probably 1,000, 1,500 people that regularly participate. They're in the league yeah. that uh, would go there to race. And you can have events like Survive the Fittest, which goes across the country, or the Spartan, or the Dirty Dozen, or the Nudge Challenge. They have thousands of people that, that do them quite regularly. Um, and 
most races I'd say would pull in 1500 plus if they're a decent sized race Survivor of the Fittest Dirty Weekends from the biggest single event which would get one race 8,000 people yeah and most people will go as a this is a challenge I want to do I'd like to know how I come I'd like to know what percentage I get but it's more the challenge of finishing it's a bit like a marathon really I think for the vast majority of people it's, it's about the finishing yeah. um, maybe the times a little bit because it's, it's, it's clearer how but successful the, the point I'm getting to is the fact that OCR is it, it's not a mature sport is it I mean it's obviously yeah, it's always yeah. going but it's not mature so it's for it to have a world championship that is is mature enough for, to be able to like you say if there's not enough people even turning up within age categories yeah. Then, surely that's gonna yeah. that, that's gonna change. So you just got to it well, too early. You left it ten years. Oh, it's, it's like that that girl in the first year at school. She's too early. Anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that was that's another story. So, um, but also, it's it, I think the difference is that if you if you went to some world championships, you'd have to qualify by being the best in the UK championships or right. in the whereas a lot of these sports so and if they did it that way then there would be enough people if it, if it was the, the top person who was a veteran went yeah in the having won the uk championships or the top three then yeah that would absolutely make sense but when it's if you have 10 feeder events which are some of them 600 people right. then some categories won't have anyone doing it um and it's more, if I went, I'd, I'd be worried about the photos in the background because I'd like to feel proud about going to the World Champs and hopefully feel proud about my results. But Wait. if you're in a picture where there's all these people in the background who's staying to look at athletes, I'd, I'd just, I'd feel like a fraud almost. That is elitist. That is elitist. Yeah, it is. You it monster. Is. It's, well, I'd, I'd love to be good at something. Just because people uh, don't have as good a metabolism as you, you want to, you want, you you want to keep them from getting to Ohio. But the You're doing them a favour, But the it's it's even in the triathlon and duathlon. Yeah. So uh, the I think it's harder to qualify for, yeah. but it's a big money making machine as well. You've got the the genuine world championships, and then you have the good for age world championships, right? Where you you just need to be in the top percentage. So depending on which category and which so my I know for example uh, Ross who's in my teammate, he, he was World Draft Champion and he was expected to buy all the British kit when he went. Oh, yeah. And it costs hundreds of pounds to get these specific strips that you're you meant to have bought. You have to wear it, you have to wear it and it can't Yeah, you have to wear them and it's at least two hundred pounds, you know, three hundred dollars. Yeah. Then you've got to fly out there. You don't get any support for that, and and so you're looking at a few thousand pounds to supposedly represent your country yep. at the good for age. And depending on the category, you can you can have as much as ten percent, I think, in in some some areas people qualify. Um, and so if you're in a really big, and I know one of his teammates only in in the the triathlon there's only two of two of them for her age group to qualify and she's against this monster and she's incredibly good at triathlons but she just can't qualify whereas in some things some sports you can just turn up and and if you're a reasonable athlete suddenly get to world championships yeah but that's 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 always going to be an issue isn't it if you're against sports that are not 
as mass participation or, or, or yeah, people don't have yeah. that. But you're, I think you're right, you know, that obviously... Um, but they all, you know, they're all they're all money spinners. They're all they're all they all use yeah. money spinners. I mean, it sounds like this is a sort of an extreme example to get as many people there as possible. But it's only going to damage. Surely, damages their own image. I don't know though, because the top guys are still going. And and actually, it's just me being a dick. It's what's what it is really. If you the top the top guys in the world still go, and they're phenomenally good, but. But they they have their own wave. They have an elite wave. It's not like starting the London Marathon where you're all together. Oh, really? Um, okay. So yeah, you shouldn't really have an elite wave at the championship, should you? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the stupid thing about yeah, it. Yeah, surely and, the whole thing should be an elite wave. Yeah, you're and, turning and me. So... You're turning me into an elitist now. <laughs> what, what are you doing? I don't. I don't. I don't. Th- I, I, I believe in mass participation and doing things. Too, but you're turning me into an elitist. I think you must be making this up. Are you just flying? Are you just? Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess what what annoys, you, what annoys me about it isn't isn't that anyone could go. I'm fine with that because it's great fun. Actually, it means if we if I do go out, I'm going to be there with loads of really fun people. We're going to have an incredible road trip. We're going to be tearing up the, the nightlife of Ohio. Um, <laughs> it's one of the big motivators of going. It was, yeah, when it's in such a beautiful place, then uh, <laughs> that's that's reason enough to go. I think I think more it's my frustration that I'd, I if I went to the World Champs, I wouldn't post lots about it on my Facebook. I wouldn't be telling anyone about it because I wouldn't feel that honoured to be going. And it's more the reaction of some people who are telling everyone right, I'm yeah. going to the World Champs. Why was I bullied at school when I'm going to the World Champs? Who's got the last <laughs> laugh now? And you know they're going to buy thousands and thousands of, um, of World Champ tops, World Champs merchandise. They're going to be sending it to all their family. And they're acting as if they qualified for the World Champs as the, the UK champion. But what? It might, it might be a big victory to them. But why is it a victory? Well, they if, might, it might, it might, it's a big deal to them, surely. It is. It is a big. Yeah, it is. But it, you want to deny it, them that. I want to deny them. <laughs> you the want fact. to deny them their moment. This is a moment of glory. They don't. They know they're not going to win it. They've just qualified for something that they do and they love. And you want to deny them that. <laughs> oh my God, I'm really bad now. <laughs> well, you I thank goodness you haven't vocalised this in a in a in a, uh, in a way that uh, broadcasts it to to, <laughs> to dozens of people. Literally dozens <laughs> of people. I, th- I think it's more the I, I de- I, I, I've got no problem with people being proud of their performance and being proud to be there and really you know, aiming for it, trying to better themselves. I think that's fantastic. It's more but not the, on my watch, not not yeah. in my world championships. <laughs> no, it's more the look at me, look how great I am. Oh, okay, okay. It's the showing off about it, right? Because yeah, I actually haven't got any. I love people that I love these human stories of people striving to do. Smaller challenges, you know, small challenges, large challenges, whatever it is, and for them to really feel an accomplishment from that, I think it's fantastic. But it's it's the then the look at me getting to the world championships that I, I hate. Yeah, no, I can see. I say, do you know for some reason I don't know why this has popped into my head, but it reminds me of the uh, a friend of mine who um, who when he ran the um, he ran the Brighton Marathon, and uh, obviously you know you do it out, you do like a race out of. Uh, 
you know, for charity and stuff, and you also you want to feel good and everything. And it is the it's like you were saying about that the photos that you want to show them afterwards. Photos are important because it's yeah. it's a documentation and a record of you, and you want to show people, yeah, this is something I've done and and everything that goes with it. And he didn't realise it until he finished that he was um, running at exactly the same pace as a bloke who was running for whatever the testicular cancer uh, charity was, as a bare <laughs> pair of balls. And every single photo that he had had this balls like, either behind him or in front of him. So his entire, his entire document, documented race was just... Because no one's going to... People aren't going to look at his performance or anything. They're just going to see this photo and go... You were just marginally quicker than those balls. It, it could have been the fastest balls on earth. <laughs> That's met. the problem. That would be the, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know why it made me think of that. It just made me think of, you know, that it, it, there's a, I can understand that there's a context to, to what it is that you're doing. And, and if, if it's diluted by, um, by the fact that people can get in much easier and it's more of an open, you know, an open form, then I can, I can see what you're saying. You are still, so a, you're still a monster though for denying people that, that so moment you're of glory. Saying, you're saying all these people are my big hairy balls. <laughs> 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 my metaphorical hairy balls they're taunting my, me every my, day. My Floella Benjamin. <laughs> Your Floella Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if the listeners are going to remember that. Was that the first podcast? That you was first, that? I, I was, it was the first or second. I basically I said that um, when I ran the London Marathon, that Floella Benjamin kept, kept overtaking me, and I couldn't. And uh, when I told people that, they were just like, "All oh, right, you can even beat Floella Benjamin." She's like, good. <laughs> good marathon runner. She looks quite trim, actually. I think she. Yeah, she's good. She's good. But enough of that. Okay, so that's interesting. That's interesting. We've we've talked a great length of that, and I think that follows on really from the uh, from the discussion we had last week about motivation. Quite nicely. Yeah. It's as though it's almost as though we've planned it. <laughs> I'm a bit worried though that why now what that hates me on the podcast <laughs> he's a monster <laughs> he wants to deny he wants to deny people an opportunity to shine. There's nothing wrong with that. This so is what I, want, what I think people should do is send us in world championships that we can qualify for. <gasps> oh, that would be amazing. That even, that even I could qualify for. <laughs> <laughs> World championships that even I could qualify for. We'll do them. Why not? Then I can be someone else's hairy ball. <laughs> <laughs> could pass those balls around. <laughs> Everyone can have a chart. Everyone can be a pair of balls in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that could be our new slogan. <laughs> Find your own hairy balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't really know where we go from here. <laughs> right, so, um, please. Well, I, guess... well, I imagine, I imagine um, there might be some people who want to write in after this episode. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> send your hate mail to letters <laughs> at badboyrunning.com and make sure the subject... We, we're positively encouraging hate mail now, uh, and what we'll do is we'll we'll save up an entire episode for hate mail for for, for David and, <laughs> and and for me if uh, if if, yeah, if you've got something to say as well. I think I think that's that's a, it's been a good subject. Yeah, it has it has, and um, I feel a bit ashamed now of of some of my viewpoints, but um, I hold I hold some far worse viewpoints. <laughs> <laughs> we could always preview some of the other viewpoints that you have for much, for much later on. 
So I think we're going to try and get some guests on for next we week. We are going to get some guests. Yeah. But we've got some pretty good guests coming up. But send us in some ideas. Something that's coming up is DNFing. We're going to have one of the um, one of the hardest women women on the planet, essentially, who smashed the death race and then has DNF'd in a race and she's thoroughly ashamed. We're going to talk about running Mojo with one of the other hardest women in the, in the plan, on the planet as well. Um, There's a thing here. We, we, we realised very early on um, that um, choosing the name "bad boy running" for the podcast was was probably a bit of a mistake. So, uh, because this, of course, is a podcast for everyone, and bad boy, and what we'll do, we'll get around it by saying uh, we don't literally mean bad boy. Bad boy is a state of mind. It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. Yeah. Does that get around it? I'm not sure it does. I don't think we get away with it. But um, but yeah. So so you know we are we are. We are transgender, I was about to say. <laughs> we are not transgender, we are cross-gender. <laughs> so send in your ideas, send in your letters, send in... Just send in anything, yeah, whatever. Um, so uh, so I think, I think we'll wrap it up now. I can't, yeah, wait, I can't, I can't wait to the next one. You, you sound a little deflated, are you all right? I don't, I'm not sure how great that podcast was. <laughs> excellent. I think it was excellent. Perfect. Well, we'll um, we'll see you guys next time. And once again, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.